Good morning, City Life Church. Good morning, everyone. So grateful that we are back together here. So grateful to get to preach the gospel one more time. As you can tell, I'm in a different place. I am in Florida. Shout out to my in-laws church, Celebration Church, here in Fernandina Beach in Florida. Uh, thank you, Pastor Carlos, for giving me your office. See, there's a Jaguars helmet here. It's okay, nobody's perfect, but thank you so much for opening up your church and for being kingdom-minded for us like this. Today is so bittersweet because it is our last week in Ephesians. I know some of you are doing cartwheels and you're so happy about that. And some are like, oh no, this is so great. Let's continue here. And I, I'm, I'm on that side. I have enjoyed every week of this Ephesians series. It has, um, look when looking into the sermon series, I was like, yeah, Ephesians, it checks so many of our boxes, identity, emotional health, theological foundations. I was like, Lord, oh, this book is so great. And, and I never really realized how beautiful Ephesians was. It really is the queen of the epistles, and I'm a big fan. Thank you, Paul and the Holy Spirit, for working on this one. It has meant so much. And so this is the last sermon that we have, 17 sermons dedicated to Ephesians. 17, not 17 weeks, but 17 sermons. And so thank you for sticking with us. My prayer on this journey, this Ephesians journey, has been that I know that not, not one sermon will ever make us perfect, right? I know that no series will ever do everything that we hope it to. I've had so many hopes and expectations tied to this, and I know that some of them are so unrealistic, and some of them I just like pray that this sermon series has been able to be one that you could wrestle with that has challenged you and has shaped you that we've been uh, allowing God's word to shape us to tell us who we are to tell us things to help us to confront us to wrestle with things with us no one one sermon or series will ever do everything that I wish it would do even in my own heart but I pray that this series has helped you wrestle and answer questions Questions that you've maybe always wondered, like, oh, Lord, well, what is this all about? Or like, why is this important? Why am I a child of yours? Why in Christ? Why Jesus in the first place? Like, I pray that this series has helped you wrestle with many of those questions. I, I pray that this series has helped you wrestle with questions you've always been too afraid or shy to ask. Like, Lord, I've been a Christian for X amount of years. I, this one I need to know by now, but I don't know it. But I'm also not going to ever ask anyone. So I pray that this series has helped give you answers and clarity too much about our faith and why we do or say the things that we do. I also pray that this sermon series has helped you deal with questions that you've had and you've never even had the words to put together for. That is just like so brought you clarity and comfort, belonging, identity, health into who you are as a follower of Christ. Why being in Christ is everything why being outside of Christ is horrible. I pray that all of this. And I, I pray that one of the things that has resounded in the sermon series is, Lord, you, th all of this is too great. In my own study, in my own time here, like I just constantly getting in like, Lord, this is, you could have just saved me, but you gave me so much more. This is honestly too much for me. This is too great. I, I'm having a hard time accept this because what you say is just so beautiful. Like, God, how can you be so large? How can you be this universal God and still know me? Like, God, how can you be so powerful and yet so humble and meek at the same time? 
How can you be this perfect? How can you perfectly and eloquently and exquisitely balance all of this at once? You're out of time and you're in time. You know all the complexities and you know everything generally. You know my heart. You even speak to me like, Lord, you're this perfect being and yet you want me. Like, Lord, I, I don't even understand how this could be, how this many good things can be possible. How could you be so kind to me, God? How can you shower we with so many promises and not just give me promises because plenty of people promise me things. How can you fulfill every sweet thing you've ever told me? How can you just be this great all the time? Lord, I'm used to suit slayers. I'm used to false prophets who tell me exactly what they know I want to hear. But this type of honesty challenge and support lord is foreign to me how can you be this good and so as a pastor and as a fellow follower of christ like i i've been like lord what is the last thing you want to say what do you want to wrap up this sermon series like lord how can i leave ephesians with like understanding how this truly impacts the way i'm called to live my life and as I was doing this, to close the book, even in my own life, just to move on to the next thing, I saw this one more beautifully poetic contrast that took my curiosity all week. I, I was looking at Word. I, I was reading at the first chapter. I was like, okay, let's get back to the beginning. Like, Lord, are you trying to say something from the first chapter? And I read this. I read starting in chapter 1 and verse 3. He's like, Paul starts off saying, like, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ don't ever leave Christ. Christ has every spiritual blessing that you will ever need. And then verse 4, it says this, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And my mind's like, okay, Lord, all of this was set before you created time and space and matter, before anything existed you were just hovering genesis 1 tells us you were hovering over chaos just in yourself and you were still holy before you put anything into motion before you created anything before adam and eve before me before i ever sinned you knew exactly what would happen and you set things into motion anyway and you said you know what i choose everyone in christ that i want everyone in christ i want them in my love i want them with me and you made a way for that to happen. Before I sinned, you chose me. Before we sinned, you chose us to be found in your love. Before I ever even knew I needed to be adopted, you made a way and you thought you came up with that solution on your own. And so then, since everything was set, what is, what is so special about Ephesians? What does Ephesians take in your story and, and bring it into new grounds? What is being processed here and developed here? What am, I, what am I to take from Ephesians? What am I to grow in your narrative? What's so revolutionary about Ephesians? And the one word that I always return to this whole time, all these weeks and months in Ephesians is mystery. The mystery of Jesus, the mystery of his gospel, the mystery of why you love us so much, of how great you are is what, is what ties Ephesians to the greatest story ever told. Mystery. The mystery of the gospel, the mystery of Christ, that this perfect being would want us. 
would love us, would give up of himself for us. That if anyone in our lives ever asks us, like, what's, what's a, what about Ephesians? We say, oh, the mystery. You haven't heard about the mystery? Let me tell you about the mystery. It was hidden for a long time, but now everyone knows and we're trying to tell everyone about it. I love how Paul in his writings just fell in love with this idea of mystery. He put it in almost all of his writings. He wrote, uh, here's just a few. Romans 16 verse 25 says, Now to him, in a benediction he wrote, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 in the NIV says, Now we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. Pretty cool. Colossians 1.6 says, the, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, now, but now revealed to his saints. It's like, Lord, okay. I'm getting the drift. What is this mystery? What is this mystery in Ephesians that I just cannot leave this book without understanding? Tell me about this mystery one more time and let it sink into our hearts. Let us let your worship shape us more than we let anything else shape us. And so today, our last assignment for Ephesians, our last thing in Ephesians is to say, Lord, okay, confront me with your mystery. What do I need to take from here? And so let me pray so that we go this with the Holy Spirit and the preaching of his word, the hearing of his word for us to grasp this beautiful mystery that God put for us to know in Christ Jesus. So Lord, I thank you for this day and I thank you for how incredibly perfect you are. I thank you that you reach out to every single one of us and that you love us, you make a way for us, you bring, you create space for us that we would belong to you. Thank you that none of us deserved Christ and yet you did it, Lord, that you, the one who knows everything I've ever done, still calls me home and tells me to belong to you. Lord, uh, be Holy Spirit, be with me right now as we pre as I preach, and then be with us as we hear and listen to your word, and let it go into a, a good place in our hearts to be built up. Lord, help us to live our whole lives in the mystery that we find in the gospel. And so, Lord, be with us. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. And so, church, we're just jumping right on in. We're talking about God's mystery today. And it's just so cool how the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to pick up this theme of the mystery and then put it down and then pick it back up. So we're going to look at three places in Ephesians to wrap up this whole book and say, okay, what is this mystery all about? What does it mean and how does it change my life? The first one we're talking about is the mystery of his will. Ephesians 1 7 to 10 says this remember Ephesians 1 chapter 1 verses 1 to 14 are known it's like this beautiful portion of scripture it's called the golden chain with many links and in it Paul and the Holy Spirit are saying this he's talking about our identities and who we are in Christ that we are new creatures that we are alive for the first time in Christ and then he says this starting in verse 7 in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavishes on us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
Lord, I pray that I spend my whole career, my whole ministry career talking about the implications of these verses right here. But for us today, the first thing that I just want us to realize is that the thing, the part of the mystery that is just so profound for us as Christians, we take it for granted, is that we, first of all, can even know this God and know his will. Here he says, explicitly he says, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ. We look at God, we see this big universal God, this God who claims to have made everything. We're like, who are you? What do you care about? What's so important about you? What pleases you? What are you like? Who are you? Like, how do you interact with us? How do you love us? This whole time, I've heard the church and Christians say that you love us, but how? Like, how and why? Like, why do you love us? Why do you care for us? Why do you do all the things that you do? And the answer is like, well, okay, but what about Jesus? And why is he so important? And we learn that our whole faith is based on Jesus because you look at Jesus and you look at God. You look at this invisible God who in back in Exodus said, you know, in the Ten Commandments, make no images of me. Anything you ever make to capture my image will be less than me. And so don't even try it in God himself. You know what? Because I'm sending you exactly who I am in Christ. And so you will never have to worry about, okay, who is he? What does he look like? What does he care about? What's important to him? We look at Christ and that's part of the mystery that's revealed. Who are you is revealed in Christ. And church, unfortunately, I think that that is the thing that the church, if I had to boil it down to one thing, this is the one thing we take most for granted. That as as someone who's been saved, I'm like, Lord, I believe that you have just saved me through and through, and yet I become bored of you. I think you become predictable. I think that I can use you like a vending machine. I forget how big you are, how powerful you are and that you stoop so low to love me and to serve me and to bring me back to you and so lord like oh my goodness there are four billion people on this planet who have never heard your name or do not say that they are christians and they're like even part of the two billion christians in this world i wonder how many of us really know who you are It's like, Lord, you're too big. You're too vast to know. Like, what's going on here? I I don't know who you are. And you're like, you know what? If you want to know me, know Christ. Look at Christ. Look at what he did. Look at what was important to him. Look at where he challenged the world. Look at where he affirmed the world. Look at his love and his kindness and his mercy and his grace. Look at how he related to people. Look at all of these beautiful things that Christ did and say, oh, that's, that's who God is. That's that's who is preeminent. That is like Jesus is God as if he were a person because he actually did that. That's what he did in Jesus. And so we're not left here in this world to be like, oh, Lord, like, who are you, vastness of space or universe or Mother Earth? Like, no, like, it's Christ. Christ is the embodiment of this perfect God. So the part of the mystery is that I can know God's will. I can know what pleases him, how to have peace with him. Because people who are not in Christ do not have peace with their maker. And so that's pretty big right there, right? But then Paul puts this down, puts this idea of mystery, this thing that was hidden for a long time and then now is revealed to everyone. Remember, that's what musterion, mystery, means. And he picks it back up later when he starts to talk about the mystery of his family. 
the second point here is that we have been people who have been made to know the mystery of his family. The mystery here is that whenever anyone calls out to Christ, there's room in the body for them. There's room for people whenever and wherever they say, yes, Christ, come, there's room. I wonder how many of us grew up in homes that were broken. I wonder how many of us grew up in homes where we did not have real care, like care that kids need and deserve and crave, healthy attention and love and support. I wonder of how many of us grew up in these areas where we just craved any type of affection or attention from a father, from a mother, from a parent, the safety that every home should provide. And the mystery in Ephesians is that God says, you know what, I am this home for everyone. Whether you had this as a kid or not, our Heavenly Father wants to give us this type of love. And so we read here in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 6, that God's word says, In this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That that is central to the promise of Ephesians, to this mystery of Christ. That there is always room for more. It's like when people call out to God, there's always, yes, us and our humanity and our limitness. We're like, oh, wait, but we're going to run out of room. Or it's less love for me. Or it's less attention for me. Or it's like, Lord, will this ever be too much? Or will you ever say no to me? Will you turn your back on me? But no, in God, in the mystery of the gospel, there is always yes. And there's always room. He says three things here for us. That anyone who calls on Jesus is fellow heir. We get Christ's inheritance. That we have been given his righteousness and the promises of heaven, security of life and love. That we are members of the same body, even us as Gentiles. We weren't God's chosen people, but he, from the beginning, wanted to make room for everyone who ever lived. And so he said, there's room in the family, even if you're not Jewish, even if you're not from Israel, even if you weren't from back then, like us as Gentiles, we belong. And he says, yes to us partakers of the promise of the gospel. Every promise that the gospel has ever offered is available to you and is available to me. That God looks at each and every single one of us and says, come, come, come home, come back. Yes, like, I know, I know what happened. I know where your heart is. I know, come, come, I'm your father and I'm making room for you. And God the Father says to all of us through Christ, he says, yeah, I have room for you. I won't turn you down, come, yes, come home. I won't ask you to leave. I'll never turn my back on you. I'll never stop loving you less. I won't have favorites. I love all of you. Come, come, I'll keep you safe, and I want you in my house. John chapter 14 and 3 is just this thing that we don't really get because we don't get the context, but Jesus says, I have to go to my Father's house to make room for you. I'm going to make a room for you in my Father's mansion. Or in my Father's mansion, there are many rooms, and it's this idea like God wants, like, I want to live with you. Come make your home in me. I, I want you to be with me. I want to be family with you. I want you around all the time. I love you and I'm crazy about you. I made a way for you to come live with me. Come. There's enough room for you. There's enough room for all of us. You might think this is only for the Jews. Or you might think this is only for the extra holy ones. Or you might think that this is only for like this denomination who says that they're the only ones getting in. But it's like, no, no, no. Anyone who's in Christ, come. There's room. You believe in Christ, come. There's room. That the one, that the God, who knew everything that I ever did wrong and good, everything that I ever, all my bad thoughts, every act that I was depraved in, everything, 
all my messed ups, for all of us, all the bad thoughts that you've ever had, the one who knows every single one of them says, I made a room for you. I made forgiveness available. Like, I, I want you to be with me. You, you can know my will. You can know how I love you. And, and guess what? Not only just that, I made a room for you. Come, come into my house. Come into my family. I'm not going to turn anyone down. The mystery of the gospel is also that no one gets rejected from God's family. That even us Gentiles, we're in. You believe in Christ. You live your life for him. You say yes to him. You invite the Holy Spirit into your house, into your home, into your heart, excuse me. And you repent and God says, yeah, there's room for you. I've been preparing this all along for you. Come. Come. See how it is to be my family. And then once you're part of my family, you gain all this family as well. Like, come to the church. The church is your family. And if those two promises weren't good enough there, if those two promises weren't beautiful enough, there's one last promise in Ephesians. There's one last mystery. The mystery of our union. In God's story here at the end, in Ephesians, he starts addressing these relationships and he gets to some really tricky ones, right? And then he starts to talk about a husband and a wife, and we preached about that. He's like, submit to one another, a Holy Spirit-filled life has mutual submission. And then he starts to talk about wives and husbands, and he eventually gets to this place. Chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So many implications here. So many places that I would love to take us here. But we're wrapping all of Ephesians down so we can't go all the places that I would love to go. But then here we see that the mystery of the gospel is that Jesus came. He proposed marriage to every single one of his followers. He's like, you know what? I want you. I am so committed for you. Before the foundations of the earth were set, I made a way for you to come to me. And then I made room for you, even you Gentiles, to come into my family because I want to marry you. This church, Christ's church, Christ's bride, is like I've been setting this up all along so that I can have you all to myself. Ryan, my son Ryan's uh, kid's Bible says it this way, and I actually really love it. He says that Christ offers us a never-dying, never-giving-up-always-and-forever love to the church that Jesus proclaimed in everything that, he's, he, that he did, that he wanted to be our husband, that he was sold out for us, that he would never cheat on us or leave us or have another mistress, but no, like, that he is all in on taking care of his church. The mystery of the gospel is that when we say yes to him, we're, we're grafted into this family. And this family is Christ's groom, uh, sorry, bride. And so that Jesus is promising the church that it will never get forgotten. That the church will never be forsaken. That we will never live our lives without him. That he is there with us. That he is empowering us and carrying us on our journey just like he did Paul in the early church and the apostles. That the church enjoys a unity with Christ that should consume all of our lives. How I live my life, how I interact with people, how I care for God's church. Even me, I know I'm a pastor and it's convenient for me to say, but this call is for every single one of us. Whether you ever become a pastor or not, which almost every single one of us will not be here on this call. It's like, how are you taking care of my body? Christ loved this church and so how are you loving this church? 
Christ died for this church? How are you serving this church? What are you bringing to all of God's children all over the world? Because Jesus says, I'll never turn my back on the church. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're my bride. You've, I find you beautiful, even though we're all imperfect. God says, Christ says, you know, you're my beautiful bride, and I can't wait to be with you. And so part of the mystery that we see in Ephesians is that Jesus promises himself to us so that he will never leave us in a place where he can't act. We'll never be in a place as the church where God will not be able to bring us out. And so then all of this together, we close the book of Ephesians and we're like, Lord, what have you been telling us all along about this beautiful mystery that you shower over us? All the beautiful promises, everything about my identity that I know is too good for me. I don't deserve any of it. Like, Lord, what do I do with this? The first thing we do is we just let it shower over us and change everything about us. That we would be confronted by God's love and we would let his love change us. Give us new hearts. Be, allow us to have peace with him that we would no longer be his enemies, but that we would be his loved ones. And then that we take this mystery, and this is what we be about. This is the last part, last reference of the mystery. I said there were only three, I lied, there's four. Then Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Paul writes this. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Now Paul here is asking the Ephesian church for prayer for him, but to us that this would be the prayer that we would offer to every single one of us at all times. Like, Lord, I accept your mystery. It'll always be fully beyond me, right? I'll never fully grasp it until I see you face to face before you wash all all in all, like Ephesians says. I'll never be whole until I see you and until I'm in your kingdom. But Lord, make every day of my life about proclaiming this mystery to everyone. Give me boldness. Give me words. Give me these opportunities to speak boldly, to proclaim the mystery of the gospel everywhere that I go. So, Lord... In my job, let me talk about this mystery. With my neighbor, who I don't like, or who hates me, or who I argue with all the time, give me an opportunity to be bold. Just tell him about the mystery. With the guy I'm walking down the street who asks me a question, with the guy in traffic that I want to uh, curse out, in every instance of my life, that I am a mystery person, proclaiming your mysteries boldly to everyone that I ever meet. I want to be an ambassador in chains. Like, Lord, I, I want to make my life's mission about sharing this mystery to everyone that you belong, that all of us belong, that we're, none of us are good enough, but we all belong because you made a way, that all of us have room in your family, that there's no competition, there's no running out of space, there's no lack, there's always room in the body of Christ. And then thirdly, point three, that we are in like this union of oneness with you, that you will never leave your church, that you will never forsake your church, that we have this bond with you that, that you will never give up on. And then like, Lord, 
Let me be a sharer of this mystery, every word that I go and everything that I do. And so we finish the book of Ephesians exactly where Paul finishes it, with the last two verses, that this would just so overwhelm us, so give us peace in our being, that we would not be worried about living this out, but that we would let God's love and comfort allow us to live this out everywhere that we go. The last two verses of the book of Ephesians says this, Peace be to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Church, city life, that we would be people who are so overwhelmed with, the, with wrestling with understanding this mystery not treating God like a vending machine, of not thinking that we have not all figured out, but say, Lord, like, just come and change me. Put your mystery somewhere really deep in my heart so that I live it out in everything that I do. Come and change me through and through with this love that is incorruptible for my Lord and Savior and for your church, who you'll never give up on. And so, church, the mystery of the gospel is found in Ephesians. That we would be people of mystery, sharing it with everyone that we go to at all times, in good seasons and in bad seasons. And so, today we have our MC calls after church. Let's tackle some of our prompt questions, and here they are for us today. Prompt question number one. Why is it meaningful for you to be able to know God's will? This is a question for you to answer. This isn't a Sunday school answer question. This isn't a like, why is it theologically significant to know this? Like, no, why is it important for you to know God's will? Prompt question number two. Why is it meaningful for you to know that you belong to God's family? Prompt question number three. Why is it meaningful for you to know that Jesus promised himself to the church? What does that change in your life? What is God's being, what love or support is God saying over your life about that? Church, I love you all so much. We don't have another beta until July 27th. Let's look at the announcements again if you need it. It's gonna be up on our social media and our in our DMAT. Let's take into account World Refugee Day, the New City Kids graduation event. Let's be a church for our city alive and active. And um, yeah, we love you all so much still looking for opportunities to be together for us to be creative in the season so church we love you all thanks for joining us thanks for ephesians thanks for this wonderful time and uh we'll see you again next week love you all bye